Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 1. The wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are bold as a lion. You can be seated. You've been standing a long time. Man, as I begin to read through this chapter, it's incredible what the wise man was trying to, the direction that he was trying to give. And there's a whole lot of directions to go here, but I'm going to stick with our Focus 52 if I can. I, I want to talk to you about pursuing boldness. Pursuing boldness. The wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are bold as a lion. In Acts chapter 4 and verse 13, the scripture said, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. As I think about the time in which we live, It seems as though, it doesn't seem, it is the case that the minority in our society, particularly America, seems to be making the most noise. They seem to have a certain boldness about them That sadly, we don't have as the church. I begin to look into the book of Acts and I begin to understand something. That what took place following that Pentecost experience that we celebrate, that we love, that we've experienced on a personal basis, was that there was a pursuit of something beyond just the emotion of the day. There was something in the spirit of those 120 that staggered out of that upper room that day. They didn't have Matthew Henry commentary. They didn't even have a Bible to carry per se. But what they did have was a fire burning in their spirit and a promise of the Father that had fallen on them in an upper room. And the Bible said that they spoke with boldness. Now, there's another... uh, version translation of this scripture that I want to share with you it said when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled ordinary men they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus ladies and gentlemen I want to 
say something to you as the church tonight. Boldness is something that all of us ought to be in pursuit of. I'm going to take a little poll right here before I move on. I'd like to see how many in this building believe there's a heaven. I think that's 100%. How many in this building believe that there's a hell? I think that's 100%. How many believe that hell is a place that you don't want to go? I think I've got the majority. Now let me ask you this. Why would you want your sons and daughters, your mothers and dads, your husbands, your wives, your neighbors and friends to go there. Oh, I, I don't want them to go there, Bishop. Then you better start pursuing boldness. What do you mean, Bishop? You better start pursuing boldness to the place that you stand up in the face of the possibility of rejection, in the face of the possibility of adversity, in the, in the face of the possibility of being ridiculed, and you, you have a holy boldness that says, I've got to tell the truth no matter what. If any voice ought to be the loudest voice in the 21st century, it ought to be one God, tongue-talking, Jesus' name, baptized, apostolic people of the Most High God. Because if we really claim we've got it, Now, we can brag about that in the church. We, we can brag about that in the inner circle. But I want to ask you, have you got enough of it that you want to tell somebody else about it so they can have it too? It's okay, pastor will be home Sunday. Verse 29 Chapter 4, and now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word, by stretching forth thine hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they began to speak the Word of God with boldness. I'm going to tell you, when we get in pursuit of boldness, miracles, signs, and wonders are going to manifest themselves not only in the church but out of the church. I wish somebody would help me a little bit right now. I said when we get in pursuit of boldness, when we pray, it doesn't matter where we pray, the place where we pray will be shaken. 
If this world needs anything, it needs an old-fashioned shaking in prayer. The Bible makes us to realize that these unlearned. Now, I'm not, I'm not accentuating the fact that they were unlearned and uneducated in a way to praise them because of that. But to simply make the point, you don't have to know it all to pursue boldness. All you have to do is to allow the Holy Ghost that lives inside of you to lead you and guide you and direct you. And listen to me, the Holy Ghost will give you Boldness to speak the word in faith. The disciples were a little concerned about what they were going to say when Jesus sent them out. He said, don't worry about that. When you get there, you open your mouth and I'll fill your mouth with what you need to say for the time. I'm trying to tell somebody you need to quit letting the enemy back you in the corner, put your back against the wall, make you live in fear. Now watch me here. The Bible said, we started out Proverbs 28 and 1. The Bible said this, the wicked flee when no man pursueth. You want to know what that means? The wicked always are looking over their shoulder and living their life in fear because they don't know who's going to pull the trigger, what's going to happen next, and they know they're not ready to meet God. That's not you. I said that's not you. You need to quit letting the enemy make you live in fear of who you are and what you believe. Y'all are making me work hard. Boldness. Everybody shout boldness. Boldness is something desired by almost all Christians. I've heard Christians pray for boldness. That's scriptural. I said that's scriptural. Those first believers in the early church pursued boldness. And God answered them in a mighty way. In such a way, it wasn't just some mirage. But the whole building shook with the power of God. And the Bible said, God just picked and choose who He wanted to fill that night. Let, Let me tell you what we need here. The church needs in general. We need the kind of service that when we walk in and we walk out, everybody that walked in walks out filled with the Holy Ghost. We need the kind of move of God in this church that every time we come, the Spirit of God falls all across the congregation And not just a few, but everybody is filled with the Holy Ghost. Say, oh, Bishop, that can't happen in this day. Well, then God's a liar. 
I said, then God's changed. The Bible said Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he filled everybody with the Holy Ghost one time in one building, he'll do it again. He just needs somebody to rise up that's been buried in his name, filled with his spirit, to get bold enough to proclaim he's still a healer, he's still a deliverer, he's still pouring out the Holy Ghost, not just on a few, but upon all flesh. I wish somebody clap your hands to the Lord. The whole building shook when they spoke the word of God with boldness. Look at Acts chapter 4 and verse 33. And with great power, gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. Now watch this. The opposite of boldness is fear. The wise man said it, the wicked flee when no man pursueth. You see, ungodly people are so bound by fear that they run in terror even when no one is chasing them. One important fact about sin is sin kills. The wages of sin are death. Now watch, watch me. I'm about to hit you hard right here. You ready? Sin kills boldness. Sin kills confidence. Sin kills assurance. When Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, their first reaction was fear. And they hid themselves. You know what the devil did? He took away all boldness and filled them with fear. Somebody needs to hear me right now. All through the Bible... You see a connection between sin and fear. Listen to me when I tell you. It is impossible to be bold in the Lord if you have unconfessed sin in your life. Now, I'm going to take a little aside right here and tell you that there are sins... Of omission and sins of commission. What what do you mean, preacher? Listen, the Bible says, He that knoweth to do good 
and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Look, I could give you a whole parade and list of sins tonight. You know them. They're in the Word of God. I won't go there. I could give you a whole list of committed sins. But I want to tell you that the danger for us is the sin of omission. Somebody help me here just a minute. Somebody help me with what happened when Jesus looked at his disciples before he was about to ascend. What did he tell them to do? Go ye. And wait in Jerusalem for the promise. And then when they got the promise, what did he say? Somebody help me preach a little bit. Be a witness. You know what you're doing? When you're not witnessing, you are omitting. Well, you know, we don't really live in the kind of, of society where people are given to that. Well, I don't think it was really that popular when Peter and John were preaching it either. But you see, when you get a real experience with God baptized in the Holy Ghost, filled with His Spirit, filled with the fire of His Spirit, there's not anything or anybody that will stop you from doing what God has called you to do, you must pursue boldness in the Spirit. I'm not asking you to do anything in your flesh. I'm asking you to let the Holy Ghost rise up in you and let it make you what you're supposed to be. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you Power to become. It's impossible. Impossible. To be bold in the Lord. If there are things in your life. That are not confessed. It will destroy your desire to witness and share Christ with people. It will destroy, watch now, this is dangerous stuff right here. It will destroy your confidence in prayer. Sin will rob you of peace. And joy. 
Now, don't get me wrong here. I don't think that we need to be running around all the time wringing our hands wondering not whether or not there's sin in our life that's unconfessed or unrepented of. I don't ever wake up in the morning and wonder that. Well, yeah, but you're the bishop. No, you don't understand. You see, I realize and understand that I have to live in this flesh, walk in this flesh, deal with this flesh every day, so I got to take care of things in this flesh every day. I can't just do that on Wednesday night, Thursday night, Sunday morning, and Sunday night. There has to be something inside of me, a confidence in God that He'll take care of whatever it is in me that's unpleasing, displeasing to Him. And He will allow His Spirit to embolden me to do what I've been called to do. And you're no different. Everybody say, pursuing boldness. Watch. Here's, here's a little something that will help you. The foundation of boldness is righteousness. Righteousness means to have your heart right with God. A lot of folks misunderstand righteousness they think it means doing good deeds now we Pentecostals are probably worse about that than a lot of other folks but I, I, I don't want you to think I'm, I'm falling off the deep end here some folks get confused because they heard someone say our righteousness is as filthy rags does the Bible say that? Yes, it does. But we must not take that out of context. A text taken out of context becomes a pretext. In Isaiah chapter 64 and verse 6, put that up for me. But we are all as an unclean thing. And all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. And we all do fade as a leaf. And our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. Now i got a question for you. Are you righteous? Are you righteous? If you're not right with God, you need to get saved. Amen. Just because we're in, sitting in the church, if we're not right with God, we're not going to make it. And righteousness is the prerequisite for boldness. When I get right with God... Uh, you know, I've done a lot of sales work in my life. And in doing sales work, if you're not convinced of 
the ability of the product that you're selling to be able to produce what you're telling folks it will produce, you're not going to be a good salesman. There comes a time in our lives in living for God that we got to buy into this thing with everything that is within us. Do we really believe He's a healer? Do we really believe He's a Savior? Do, do we really believe He's the Prince of Peace? Do we really believe He can bind up the brokenhearted? Do we really believe that He can open the prison door? Do we really believe all of that? If we really believe it, we're going to be convinced of it and we're going to be so sold out to it that we won't be afraid to tell somebody else, I know where your deliverance is. I know where your healer is. I know where your help is. I know where your Savior is. You can be seated. Romans chapter 5 and verse 17. For if one by one man's offense, death reigned by one, much more, they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Now, I, I want you to notice the wording there. It doesn't say, it says, they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. It doesn't say achieve. It says receive. Verse 19 said, Romans 5, 19, for as by one man's disobedience, Many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Now look, we, I, I know, I understand. That's talking about Jesus Christ. I get that. But let me ask you another question. I'm not trying to take anything out of context here. Let me ask you something. First, let me help you understand something. You know people that I don't know. You're going to affect and influence people that I'll never affect or influence. Let me ask you something. What's going to happen in your life by one man or by one woman? God, help me right now. I feel the Holy Ghost. By one man or one woman, you obtain righteousness. I wonder who you're going to affect by the influence of your righteousness because righteousness... uh, is the foundation for boldness. And when you become right with God, you won't have any trouble helping somebody else to find their way to God. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord and give Him praise. So, we see righteousness is a gift. Righteousness is not what you earn. It is what you receive as a gift from Christ. If you've been born again, 
And there's no other way to be born again except by water and the Spirit. Come on. Look, we, we, can't, we can't go any further in our boldness until we can get bold enough to tell people that we love enough that we don't want them to go to hell, that you've got to repent, you've got to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And, and so... When, when you're born again, when you're saved, then according to the Bible, you have received the gift of righteousness. I, I know, I, know I'm, I can be misconstrued with what I'm about to say, but you know how I believe and know where I stand. It's not because you have kept the law and never sinned. It's because Jesus Christ gave you His righteousness. You can't buy it with money. You can't earn it through self-effort or religious works. Righteousness is a gift that all Christians receive the moment they are born again. Of water and the Spirit. And righteousness. Everybody say righteousness. Is the foundation for boldness. Everybody alright? I'm not going to be much longer. Just hang in there with me. The Bible talks about being bold, bold as a lion. I want to share a couple of qualities with you as we move through this tonight. To be bold as a lion, four qualities or aspects of holy boldness if you're pursuing boldness you will have confidence watch me now not arrogance not self-assurance our confidence must be in Christ and his ability not in ourselves and our own ability. Watch what Paul said. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Watch. I love this one. The Living Bible says this. For I can do everything God asks me to with the help of Christ who gives me the strength and power. With Christ as your strength. You can do all things. He gives you the desire and the ability to obey Him and do His will. But this is what we need to become as the first Pentecostal church. You see, bold Christians are can-do Christians. 
They're not looking for reasons that things can't be done. But they're looking for ways to get things done. Why, why, why don't you elbow somebody and tell them, I wish you'd become that. The second aspect When you're bold as a lion is you have courage. We read throughout the word of God great courage exhibited by many in their walk with God. The prophet Elijah, Daniel, those three Hebrew men in the king's furnace. Peter, John, and Paul in the New Testament. The story of Joshua and Caleb The promised land has always blessed me. Moses sent 12 spies into the land of Canaan on a recon mission. Forty days later, when they returned, ten of the spies returned with what God called an evil report. The ten were afraid. They said the people there are too strong for us and they're giants and we're grasshoppers in their sight. Joshua and Caleb said, let's go up at once and possess the land for we are well able to overcome it. Can I speak to this church tonight to tell you there is not anything That we can't do. That that was about 60% of you. I said there is not anything that this church cannot do. Not in our own ability, but with the help of God and a boldness. A desire to pursue a boldness in God. God wants to lead us to things in promise and prophetic things that we have not yet seen come to pass God wants you to know you are well able to possess the land Numbers 14 and 24 said but because My servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him and hath followed me fully, him will I bring into the land wherein too he went, and his seed shall possess it. You see, there's something about courage in the heart of a man and woman of God that gets the attention of God in such a way that he says... I'm going to pick them out of the crowd and I'm going to bless them abundantly. Somebody going to help me right here? You see, when we pursue boldness enough that we step out by faith and do what perhaps our flesh telling us not to do, but the Spirit of God is driving us to do, the hand of God reaches down and says, Hey, I see their spirit. I know their heart. And I'm going to bless them because they are willing What about Joshua? 
He boldly led the nation of Israel into battle to possess the land. Joshua 1, 8 and 9. Watch this. I love this. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. <laughs> Listen to this. Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 6. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of, a sound, and of love and of a sound mind. When the Spirit of God is stirred up and activated within you, the third aspect of being bold is you are fearless. Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know, preacher. According to Psalm chapter 91, the Bible said, You dwell in the secret place of the Most High God and ab abide under the shadow of the Almighty. His truth is your shield and buckler. He is your refuge and fortress, and He covers you with His wings. He gives His angels charge over you, and He keeps you in all your ways. You tread upon lions and adders and trample the dragon under your feet. And Jesus said, Behold, I give, you, give unto you Power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing, nothing, nothing shall by any means hurt you. Can I ask you something? What are you afraid of? I, I mean, an armored tank couldn't protect you like that. The latest of military technology can't do that. God said, I'm going to hide you under my wing. I'm going to put you under my shadow. And if that's not enough, I'm going to I'm going to give my angels a charge over you. They're going to go with you everywhere you go so that nothing shall by any means hurt you. I wish somebody praise Him. 
I feel a little Holy Ghost right now. Lastly, lastly, boldness, pursuing boldness, to be bold as a lion makes you daring, daring. What's that mean, Bishop? Daring means you don't hesitate. I, 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 was, uh, I was thumbing through Facebook, forgive me, today. And it showed this dude from, I think it was back in the, I believe it was back in the 80s. That he set the record for the highest dive in the world. 172 feet in the air. Now I want you to think about that. That's to the peak right there is 26 feet. So, five times as tall as this building. That little skinny dude stepped out there on the edge of that. I'd have been dead before I got up there. Because he had to climb to get up there. And he stepped out there, threw his head back. Did a somersault. Uh, no. Now that's daring or stupid. But that's not the kind of daring I'm talking about tonight. The daring I'm talking about means you don't hesitate. You are quick to obey God. You are quick to act on His Word and do what God says to do. Consider Gideon. When we first see him, he's in hiding, threshing wheat. He's just the mere shell of a man, full of fear and trembling. But God saw him with an eye of faith. Sent an angel to encourage him. And the angel appeared unto Gideon and said, Oh, Gideon, you little bony, powerless, worthless little. That's how the devil wants you to think God looks at you. But God looks at Gideon and he said, You are a mighty man. Of valor, and the Lord is with 
You, I'd like to tell everybody in this building, you are a mighty man of valor. You are a mighty woman of valor. And make no mistake, the Lord is with you. Gideon dared to believe God. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him. And God worked a mighty deliverance for the nation because Gideon dared to believe God. I wonder who in this congregation would dare to believe God. Let me close. How many of you know that all things are possible with God? Let, let, me, let me put it another way. How many of you had something in your life that was impossible and God did it for you? That's better. <laughs> Come on, I want you to look around right now. Keep your hand up. You hear that, devil? Nothing shall be impossible to God. Jesus looking upon them saith, With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. And the same Bible declares that all things are possible to the one who believes. If thou canst believe, Jesus said, all things are possible to him that believeth. Stand with me. Holy boldness is not arrogance or boasting. It's not bragging on yourself. James said, but he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. I just want this church to understand something. It's time for us to start pursuing boldness. Come on, if you're going to do it, clap your hands and praise God right now. If you're going to let the Holy Ghost begin to operate in your life like it needs to. Come on, praise Him right now. Let it be a shout that goes up in this room tonight. Ah, hallelujah. God, I want to be bold. I want to be bold. I want to be everything that you called me to be. Because I've got you beside me. I've got you behind me. I've got you in front of me. God, you're watching over me. Your angels are guarding over me. You've got this, God. I want to be a part of it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, praise God.